Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll continue our Essentials for a Follower of Christ. We'll look at godly speech, the power of words. I'm sure that that each of us have struggled with that at some point where we may have said something that we wish we could get back. Uh, we'll be in the book of Colossians chapter 4 verses 5 and 6. And we'll spend quite a bit of time in James chapter 3. Uh, we hope that you enjoy the essentials of a follower of Christ. Uh, you can find the rest of the studies available online. But let's go ahead and get into godly speech, the power of words. Here's the third half and finale of this three-part study on godly speech, the power of words. And every one of those things, those every careless word, everything that you're saying, you're going to have to take account for. And you think about the fire that gets started when, you're, when your mouth gets going. You know the biggest fire they ever had in Wisconsin? You know how it got started? A cow tipped over uh, uh, a lantern. It, 1,200 people died. It spread so fast, 1.2 million or 1.5 million acres gone like that. And that's what our tongue does. Just think about Job. <laughs> Poor Job. Job in chapter 2, verses 9 through 10 said, Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speak. Speak. Shall we indeed accept, from God, uh, accept good from God? And shall we not accept the adversity? In all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. Uh, do not, men, do not say you speak as one of the foolish women speak. Don't ever let that come out of your mouth. Right? But understand, like, she's so upset. She, she's given up on God. And she's had a lot happen to her. She's lost her kids. She's lost everything that they've owned. And now her husband's sick. And at the end of the day, one of the things that you see is like, that still had to hurt Job. But he corrects her. Gently. And he tells her, look, we, hate, we accept the good from God, but we must also accept the adversity. That's why we say, when we, when we think about our words, we need to be careful how we, how we have them come out. Have you ever spoken to your spouse or to your kids? Have you ever... Ever said something that you wish you, you know, where, where you, you just wish you could get that back? It was so hurtful. 
Do your kids actually hear positive things from you? Are they being encouraged? Are you being encouraged by your spouse? Do you encourage others? You know, you know, that's probably one of the greatest gifts is somebody who has the gift of encouragement. <laughs> they just they're just really just encouraging everybody. It's it's uplifting. And they do that with their words and their actions. In Proverbs 16, 24, it says, Pleasant words are honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. And in Proverbs 16, 21, it says, The wise in the heart will be called understanding. And sweetness of the speech incre increases persuasiveness. When, you, when your heart is in the right place and you have the understanding, your speech actually persuades somebody. And say, hey, you know what? I know this is what's happening, but let's look at it this way. You're, you're being loving to them. He tells, he goes on, he says in verse James chapter 3, verse 7, he says, For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. It's funny because he talks about a snake and, and, or a reptile, and it is what? A snake is curled up, ready to strike. That's how your tongue is. And we're supposed to have those things tamed. We went back in Genesis, and what are we supposed to have tamed? He uses the animal kingdom. James does. But no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. So our, our tongue should be regenerated, redeemed. It should be tamed. And who tames it? God. How does it get tamed? By God's Word. By spending time with God. Your relationship with God. We're going to talk about that this weekend as we talk about love the Lord God. Love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And I think Mark, it says, with their strength. But he says two things in there. Your Lord, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor. You have to take ownership in that. There has to be a relationship within that. And that's the same thing here. If we want God to tame our tongue, we need to be, there needs to be a relationship with God. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11, it says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. In Psalm 141, verses 3 and 4, it says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing, to, to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity, and do not let me eat of their delicacies. I would say in, in Psalm 141, verse 3, that's probably a prayer for us right there. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. There's a prayer right there. Something we should be praying for. I know for myself. And set a guard, man. I love that. Keep my heart desiring you, Lord, and not the evil things. In verse 10, it says, Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings, my brethren, these things ought not be so. And this goes back to what James is talking about. It's the double-mindedness that James talks about. Right? You look in the mirror, and you forget what you look like as soon as you walk away from the mirror. He's telling you, look, you, 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 you praise God with the same mouth that you curse Him with. 
And you think about it. You, you give thanks to God. Lord, thank you for, for, for answering this prayer, but it, you get upset. God, did you not hear me? Did you not think that this needed to be done? You're doing the same thing. It's the double-mindedness of the tongue. You get upset or you, you, you something doesn't go the way that you think it needs to go and you'll bless one moment and curse the next. And I'm not talking about cursing, cursing. I'm just talking about you getting upset. This didn't go the way that you thought it was going to go. And so everybody needs to hear about it. This should have went this way, but God, I don't know why this happened. And so you tell everybody. I had a, a brother that would come to the men's retreat and he would go from person to person to person to person because he was waiting to hear what he wanted to hear, the advice that he wanted. But he was going from person to person. He would be worshiping God during worship, hands up, praying, and then questioning what's happening in his family and talking bad about his wife from person to person, from pastor to pastor. And he didn't realize, like, you're disparaging your wife's name. You're over there just a few minutes ago worshiping God. And now what are you doing? You're not, you're not giving blessings. You're disparaging your wife's name. The two things that are happening with that same tongue. And he says, Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or grapevine or bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. It's amazing just how much power the tongue has. And we have the, the, the likely of being guilty of the same sin at some point. It's, and again, it's like, well, how are we going to deal with it? That's why we talked about dealing with sin last week. Because if you're struggling with this, you need to, you need to deal with the sin. If you recognize this is an area of of, of work that needs to be done in your life, this is something that you need to ask God for. You need to repent of it. You need to turn from it. And we need to be cautious the way that we speak to each other. Is our speech seasoned with salt? Because if it is, it actually promotes peace between one another. We can actually share truth with love. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, it says, Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ. It's by us speaking truth in love. It's by me being able to come to you and say, Hey, look, what you said hurt. The way that it was said, it hurt. And you to be able to receive that without losing it. That's hard to do. Especially in a marriage. When a marriage is where you've got two people that are just going at it, it's like, are you going to take ownership for your part? Maybe you're that person who likes to jab. You know exactly how to get to that person. You know, you know your spouse's weak spots. Like you know how to get them riled up. And you're poking at them. It's like you're poking the bear. Don't do that. 
But when everything starts going down, are you the one who's going to go, all right, I haven't said everything I need to say. I'm saying it right now. My wife, man, she, she is a sniper when we, if we get, man, when, before Christ, she's like a sniper. She destroys you. And so what I would do is just get louder and storm off. But man, she goes like, she's a sniper from long distance. She would say something that would just go right. It's like a headshot. Boom. And you're just like, man. And it's truth in it, but there was no love the way it was delivered. She doesn't do that anymore because that's not her character anymore. God just changed that. That's not her no more. And, and I asked my kids, because I was afraid when I was looking at this study, I was like, I, I'm praying. Am I the person who said something to you that you've hung on to since your childhood? See, spending time in God's Word is not just, it's being real. Like, I got kids. I got five kids. I'm asking them, hey, what was the one thing that hurt you when you grew up that was said to you? And asking them, was it me? Because if it was, I'm, I want to apologize. I want to deal with it. You know, my daughter said, she go, all you did was curse. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's all I was, I just cursed. I would, because I was army and that's what we did. And, and sadly, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like we, we want to speak truth with love. There has to be love in the delivery. There has to be grace and salt with it as well. And there are going to be times when we get corrected. And we need to be. And, and if somebody does that to you, you need to take a step back and go, wait a minute, is there something? Tony Clark gave us probably some of the best. I remember at a, at a men's, uh, not a men's conference, it was at a Calvary Chapel conference he spoke at. And Tony said something, he goes, within every, see if I can get this out right, within every criticism, there's a bit of truth. And I was like, wow. There's a touch of truth in there. What are you going to do with it? And so that, that, that stuck out to me. Uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 33 through 35 says, Then he, had, he came to Capernaum, and when he was uh, in the house, he asked him, because they're arguing on the road. They're in confrontation, arguing, disputing about what? Who's the greatest? The disciples. And Jesus asked him, what was it you were disputing among yourselves on the road? And like, like Jesus didn't know. Jesus knew. But they kept silent, for on the road they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve and said to them, Any, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Jesus corrects them. He tells them, hey, look, if you want to be that, you're going to be last. You're going to be a servant of all. And, and you don't really know what you're asking for. But Jesus talks to them. He knows that they've been arguing. And he's like, come on, let's talk. Let's talk this out. Let's get it worked out. We need to maintain that saltiness in our speech. Because again... 
I tell you, on that day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. And we need to deal with it. And Psalm 19, verse 14 says, Let these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Another prayer. Psalm 1914. Pray that tonight. What is our application? In James chapter 3, it gives us three examples of the bit, the rudder, and the spark, the fire. Of something small that has enormous influence on setting direction. Do your tongues simply verbalize a corrupt heart and life? Or is there an uncontrolled tongue responsible for corrupting our heart and life? Are you allowing your tongue to, 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 to corrupt your heart and life? Sometimes we feel like, hey, I'm allowed to be upset. I'm allowed to be angry. I'm allowed to be hurt. I'm allowed to, to say what I need to say. Not really. I mean, you, you can say it, but does it really need to be said? At the end of the day, we, we, we want to verbalize what's going on in our heart and ask for prayer for it. Hey, can you pray for this? Because this happened and it hurt. And I need help to, to, to let that go. And I don't want it to take root and become bitterness or unforgiveness. I, I just need help to deal with this. And you just go to somebody and say, hey, can you pray for me? Because what happens is when you allow an uncontrolled tongue, you're, you're, you're allowing your heart to be corrupted and your life to be corrupted with it. Alan Redpath said this as, as, as he was dealing with his ministry at some point, he had to change directions because there was issues going on in the ministry. And Alan Redpath, the pastor, said this. He goes, we have to come up with the formula on how we speak to each other when there's controversy. So he came up with the acronym THINK. THINK. T. Is it true? H. Is it helpful? I. Is it inspiring? N. Is it necessary? K. Is it kind? He asked all of his people that were in ministry to think before they spoke. He's like, if y'all could practice this, it'll change the direction of the ministry. It'll change the direction of the church. And, and, and honestly, when we look at this, it's, it's one of the things if it comes back to, to us dealing with our sin. If we have a corrupt mouth or we're speaking and setting fires off everywhere we go, maybe you're setting a fire off in your marriage or you're setting a fire off in your family or you're setting a fire off with your friends or you're going to work and you're setting fires at work. It's, it, at the end, end of the day, one of the things you have to do is think before you speak. Because even if you're quiet, you're going to look brilliantly smart. 
Like you could not know anything about the conversation. And you just keep quiet. And they're going to make, man, that dude's smart, dude. He didn't. They were talking about algebra. He never said anything. That's I, would, I wouldn't say anything because I don't know algebra. I'd be like, mm, okay, cool. Like, you, you just don't say nothing. But if you have something to say, think. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? The big one is the end. Is it necessary? And then finally, is it kind? Think before you, you speak. I love that. And, that, and, and you know, sometimes we have to change directions as pastors as well. We, we make mistakes. I remember listening this week to Alistair Begg this week. He's on the radio. And um, so one of the things I love is, is, is by keeping my eye on what's going on with the radio is I have to listen to what's on the radio. So I've been hearing all these teachings. And, and Alistair Begg's been teaching on the church, the church body. Uh, this week and one of the things he had talked about he goes can I tell you he goes man he goes I have made mistakes as a pastor and you think about Alistair Begg you're like really but he's like man I can tell you there is any pastor that thinks he's perfect any any uh, any elder that thinks they're perfect any deacon that thinks they're perfect they're not and if you think you're perfect in your church you're not he goes we're all sinners so and I love this because one of the things I think of is just Balaam. If we're in a place where we're allowing our, our, our voice to, to, to do things that we wish we never would have said, we need to deal with that sin. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear, hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Think about how much devastating conversation that's caused division within the church, but in our nation. The divisive <coughs> fires that we have set as a church and also as a nation. We need to abandon, we can't abandon the Word of God, but we also need to be humble and humble ourselves and confess our sins. We're not supposed to create division within the church. We're not supposed to create division uh, even within the nation. You know, now I hear things like, oh, that's a Republican church, or that's a dip. No. It's wrong. But that's what division does. And we have to be careful with that. We need to humble ourselves. We need to pray and seek, seek God and turn from our wicked ways. And part of the thing that we need to turn from is our mouth. We need to close it. And we need to we need to build up and encourage your kids, your spouse. Right? Let them like be honest with them. If they've said something that is hurt, it hurts. You need to let them know that. But you need to do it with love and truth. And maybe within the discussion is not the time. But outside the discussion, when there's some, some time, you can say, hey, look, that thing you said yesterday, I, I wish you wouldn't say that anymore. Because it hurts. I don't think you knew that. And they'll receive it. But you even take time to pray about it before you go talk to them. And just ask the Lord, what, what, show them. Because you know, 
you don't need nobody to tell you. You know when it comes out of your mouth. You know you're like, oh. The moment you do it. I know that. Myself, I know. You have grace. Deal with your sin. Repent. Confess it. And, and you know how we'll know if it's bearing fruit? Because repentance bears fruit. And if you're struggling with your tongue, God will help you with it. But you have to ask God. You have to repent of it, and you ask, you ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And if that means you don't talk, maybe you need to be like Zechariah. Angel took his voice. Maybe that's you. Like, Lord, if you got to take it, take it. Because I'm saying stuff I shouldn't say. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light and you'll find it. Uh, we hope that you enjoy today's broadcast. If you'd like to give to this ministry, uh, what I would always suggest is give to this radio station it's because of this radio station that we have great expository teachers uh, for you and I would say um, make that donation to them I hope that you have a wonderful wonderful day God bless you remember you can find us at calvarydivine.org calvarydivine.org God bless you